This morning we're in Acts, the book of Acts. Ooh, I heard someone say Acts chapter 2. And uh, <clears throat> been looking at this during the weekend. I've, um, for those who are new here, um, I've, and for those who have been around before, I've said from the front a few times about my study um, and or lack of. And uh, so I finally started. And so looking at church history and started looking through the book of Acts and some of the stuff in there that happened early. And it's just because I've been spending time in it. It's just been on my heart this morning. And as we look at creativity, a shift to creativity this month, and I was looking at this and started drawing comparisons between the early days of the early church and us now and me now and going, what can I get out of this? Because as I read through the book of Acts and and the story of the early church, we've got Jesus died on a cross. It's fresh in their memories. They've just lived in that moment. For me now, I'm not living in that moment. I didn't witness those accounts. I didn't live through that time. And so it's completely different in that sense. And so there's a whole bunch of different things. Obviously, they're speaking different languages to what I'm speaking now. They're living a completely different lifestyle without mobile phones. Nathan, how would we have coped? How would I have coped? You probably would have coped a lot better than me, um, let's be honest. But would have been fine. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure we would have. But it's like if I was to go back into that moment of time, it's like, how would that have worked? There wasn't aeroplanes just to jump on it and go from here to there. there. There wasn't cars. There wasn't all sorts of different things that we take for granted now and are fitting into our lifestyle. And so as I'm reading through this and um, just working through it, I'm going, well, how does that work? What did they do? And so in the book of Acts, the, the Holy Spirit comes at, at the day of Pentecost. And so you've got a bunch of people waiting because they've been told to wait. Starts off 500 odd ends up being 120. And so there's people that have just disappeared, just going, I'm not waiting for this to happen anymore. And they've walked out the door for whatever reason. But people have got off the boat thinking, how true is that? That still happens. It's like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and next minute they're out the door. It's like, I thought you were going to be a connect leader. I thought you were going to plant a church. I thought you were going to join our music team. I thought you were going to do this, but nope, now you've just left. That's, that's happening right now. And So there's things that, that are still happening. There's things that are very different. But what I love is, is this, that those 120 people, the day Pentecost hit, the Holy Spirit hit on the day of Pentecost, those 120 people became a seed. Those 120 people became a seed to the future church, a seed into their community, a seed into their nations, a seed into their surrounding of hope. They became a seed of love. They became a seed of authority. And as I'm I'm looking at it, I'm going, how incredible is that? 120 people completely changed not just to their community, not just their nation, not just their world for that moment. They changed the world forever through what their actions. And 
So I love it that the day of Pentecost comes and then Peter gets up to address the crowd and in Acts 2, 41, just wrapping up this part of the story, it says those who accepted his message were baptised and 3,000 were added to their number that day. Kind of a good scripture to read when we've got a baptism service coming up. They didn't wait. They didn't wait for the perfect moment. They just got baptised. They accepted Jesus and said, I'm in. I'm going to get baptised. And so if you haven't been baptised, come see me afterwards and we'll have to wait until we've got the pool here. Not like they did then, but we'll make it happen straight away. It's not a matter of, oh, let me go get this many family and let me go make sure the timing's right for my life journey so that when I look back in years to come, I can plot it out and it's all done at the right time. No, they just accepted Jesus, got baptised, went and preached the word. It's like, how good is that? So get baptised. There's a little sticky one for someone this morning. Verse 32, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as had need, as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I love this, that we've got one sermon. Peter addressing the crowd, 3,000 men accept Jesus and get baptised. Over the, the coming weeks, reading Acts 4.4, that this number went from 3,000 to, was now up to 5,000 men believing in Jesus. It said that over that, those first few weeks, there was up to 8,000 men who believed in Jesus because of what the disciples were doing as they went, they broke bread in their homes, they preached the word of God, they prayed together, believed in one accord. And so what I love about this is that 8,000 men becomes, by the time you then, because of the way that the culture was then, they only counted the men, but there was women and children there. And so 8,000 men becomes approximately 20,000 people gathering. It's like this thing is not just a slow-moving kind of church growth that we look at and we go, this is awesome, we've got one new family and then we've got one new family. It was like, no, in the matter of a few weeks, 3,000 in a moment, 5,000, 8,000, which is more like 20,000 people just starting to gather together, starting to meet in homes. Imagine those house parties. Imagine those connect groups just... So much frivolity going on in homes. People laughing, people telling stories. It's like, were you there? No, I was here. And they're, they're all talking about the moment they met Jesus and the stories of how that happened and the church grew. And so what did they do? Because they didn't have social media. It's like we, we put on an event and it's like if we put it on social media, everyone will come. Right? Is that, I know that's my mentality sometimes. If I go, oh, there's a, there's a men's breakfast that we had a few weeks ago. I'm just going to invite one of my friends via the Facebook event and then they know about it. That's done. Or I'll send them a text message, just, hey, we've got a breakfast done. It's like, do I follow it up? Do I put consideration into it? I don't know about you, but 
That's kind of where what I do at times. And so as we've been, as I've been reading through this, I'm going, what did, what did they do to get that many people there? And I kind of get this kind of picture. You'll have to forgive me here, but I kind of got this picture of the Matrix. All right, if you've seen that, and the Sentinels come down in. Have I lost a lot of people right now with this analogy? But there's these like, they're called squiddies, um, the sentinels. And they kind of come down into the area that they're living in. And they just literally infest the area. They come from every direction. They break through walls. They come up out of the ground. They literally just come from left, right, up, down, everywhere, and just converge. And they're not coming to do good things. Um, so that's where it breaks down. But they just, they literally come from everywhere. And I kind of get the picture like that's what it would have been like at this moment. With 20,000 people in a relatively small area because they didn't have social media. So it wasn't like there was 500 here and there was 500 in Sydney and there's 500 in LA because the words just got over there. It's like, no, there was, this was a confined space. And so they would have been maybe. Like bees is maybe a better analogy for people here this morning that don't know The Matrix. It's like, you should watch The Matrix because they're great movies. But, <laughs> but maybe like bees to a honeypot, there's literally just people swarming around all over the place and it attracts and you see it and you go, I wonder what's happening there and off you go. It's like walking down, I haven't done it for many years, but walking down Rundle Mall as a young person and walking along and you see a busker there. You're not at all interested in the busker, but the curiosity gets the better of you. Why? Because there's a bunch of people standing around going, what is this wacko doing? And they're going, they go over and they're only there for two seconds and they go, oh, yep, seen that. And they walk off. But there's people, they gather because there's people gathering. And I think this is what this was like. In the, in the times, this was perfect. They got creative with the way that they were reaching out, connecting. It was invite your friend over, your next door neighbour over and suddenly you've got a connect group there and you're just hanging out as a group of friends. The word of God spread. So that as it spread, as you plot the journey of where the church grew and how it grew, they, they got strategic in it. They sat down as their executive team and they got strategic in where they were going to go to plant their next church and they, they worked along the trade routes. Because there was these defined routes that the traders used. And so they, they set up churches along there because that's where all the people were. It's so like they were creative in the way they were doing things. So they spoke Greek because Greek was spoken more predominantly than Hebrew. And so instead of speaking Hebrew, which might have been more natural for them at that moment, Greek was more commonly known and so they spoke Greek, and the first Bible was written in Greek for that purpose because it was easier to get the word out. There's no point speaking Chinese in the Adelaide Hills and going, we're going to start a Chinese church in the middle of the Adelaide Hills and we're going to hand out Chinese tracts and we're going to hand out Chinese Bibles because guess what? There's probably only half a dozen people in the Adelaide Hills. I don't know how many there are, but there's... There's not a lot of Chinese people in the Adelaide Hills. You may not have noticed that. Um, but it's like we've got to contextualise it to where we are and what we're doing. And so I love the fact that they, they did these things and it wasn't just a coincidence. It wasn't just by accident that they chose to go down these roads and do it this way. They, they did it strategically so that they could reach the greatest potential. 
And so what does that mean for me? What does that mean for you living in 2019? It's like we've now got aeroplanes. We've now got mobile phones. And so we've got access. Instead of having to read a Bible that's written on paper or memorise it by the time we're nine so that we know what's happening, it's like we can now just look it up and go, oh, what's that? What's that scripture about love? Um, oh, no, I can't remember. So you just jump on your phone, Google love scripture. And then, oh, yeah, it's not, no, not that one, not that one, not that one. Yeah, that, oh, that one. And then away you go. Anybody done that? Yeah. Maybe don't try love scripture. I don't know. There'd be lots coming up there. Um, but, but it's like we're, we're living in a world and a time now where it's so easy. The information that we need is literally at our fingertips when we're all sitting there with our phones. It's like how many people, show of hands, are not sitting with a phone in their hand right now? I was actually probably almost half. I thought it would be lower than that. I thought there would have been less hands than that up. But, but it's like most of us, what are we doing? We're taking notes on our phone. Some of us might be sitting on Facebook. I don't know. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like we make use of that. Why? Because it's kind of like the trade routes. It's, it makes it easy for people to know where we're going. So we have a version app. Well, we have a version app. There is a version app that we make use of. Somebody else has created the trade route. The early church used that route to strategically place their churches along it. Somebody else has created a version app, which is a Bible app, which shows you, has the ability to create events. And so we make use of that so that it's easier for us as a church to follow along. You can take notes. You can save the services. You can look at our Connect notes when uh, Connect events are happening, which I think there's Connect events up now, maybe. We'll be soon, ready for Tuesday. Um, but because Connect is happening this weekend at the moment. So, but it's, we make it easy so that people can do that. What's that about? The more I think about it as we look into shifting into creativity is going, where, where are we going as a church? Where am I going as an individual to market myself, to market my church, to market my community to the next level. And I want you to think about that for yourself this morning, to go, where do I fit in to this picture? See, and what I love about this line of thinking is, I mean, thinking about it is, this works for, if you're a business owner, this works for your business. To go, how do I live on the edge? How do I live on the edge? How do I bring what my message, how do I bring my product into the world? See, we read in Acts that they spoke Greek because it was more commonly known. They, they used the trade routes because they were already there, so it made sense. They did things, met in homes, because that was culturally the way that you did it. You didn't just allow somebody to come into town and not be put up somewhere. You, you fed them. You made them. They were a hospitable people. And I had another example down here somewhere too, but so what is it? What is it that's going to shift in my life to connect with my next door neighbour? What is it that's going to shift for me to be able to speak hope, to be able to speak love into my family member that at the moment is rejecting the message? See, there's a, 
There's a fresh encounter that the disciples, that these guys had just had. They'd just witnessed Jesus. Everybody knew. Everybody was talking about it. And so in some contexts, it was easy. But at the same time, I was talking with Nathan before the meeting, at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know about you, but if I go out and stand and talk to my family member, I'm not at risk of getting turned upside down and hung on a cross. I'm not at risk of getting stones thrown at me until I'm no longer. It's like the, it may have been easy because the message was real and the message was fresh then, but I tell you, I'm pretty glad I'm living now when it might be a little bit harder to relate back 2,000 years, but I'm not at risk of being stoned to death for doing what I'm doing, for speaking what I believe. But that doesn't answer the question, how do I creatively speak that message? And so I want to throw it out there this morning that I think we've got to become a lot smarter, a lot more creative in the way that we do it. So I don't consider myself a creative person, really, as I'm not overly kind of musical or I definitely can't even write neatly, let alone draw anything that resembles anything um, other than one of those, like, you know how you do those little squiggle patterns all over the page and then you colour in every second <laughs> box? Yeah, that's about as, as artistic as I get um, with that. I used to be able to draw a really good tree, um, but that was my forte and my go-to. But it's like, so I'm not that way inclined. I'm a right-hander, okay? But it's like, what can I do to start stepping into a zone instead of just believing that one day it'll happen to start to plot, to start to strategically think about my family member, to start to strategically think about my friend and go, well, if I have lunch with them today and then in a week's time I have lunch with them again and then maybe on the third time I I bring someone else along and then the next time after that it's not just one other person but it's a few people and then I invite them to connect and then from there I can invite them to maybe an event or I can bring them to church, I can do things. And so I'm not just now going, well, I'm just going to send out a Facebook event invite. I'm not just going to flick a text off and say, hey, you should come to this. But I'm going to strategically start to build relationships, start to connect with them at a deeper level. And when I'm there, I'm not just going to talk about the football and how bad the trade period just was or how bad the last season was or how the NBA season's about to kick off or how the, the weather's really nice. I'm going to actually ask specific questions. I'm going to tailor some things around what I'm doing in that relational context to be, hey, how's life really treating you? How's life really treating you? How we went to catch up last week and instead of having dinner, we ended up just having a drink. Are you doing all right at the moment? Is money tight? You can start to ask that sort of question. Why? Because I've got an actual relationship with the person instead of just a social media relationship with the person. So I think we've, we've come away from these times where they sat down, they broke bread in their homes. What was that? That's, that's building relationships. And so the more I preached this message and the more I started to prepare this message, it really comes back to me to connect groups. It's like if you're not involved in a connect group, get involved in a connect group. 
What's the connect group? The connect group is where we hang out together, we have fellowship together, and we disciple one another through reading the word, unpacking the word, praying together. It's like that's really what it's about, building a relational context around my life so that in my time of need, there's other people that don't, I don't need to tell them they already know because we're living together. And so I love our connect group. We've got well, two connect groups at the moment, but there's like both our connect groups, there's just very rarely a week goes by where there's not some form of message come in of, hey, we've got sick kids, can you pray? Or, hey, I'm going for a new job, can you pray? Or, hey, I'm, we're looking at this house or we're doing this or we're doing that or whatever it is. There's constantly things between our connect groups that are coming in. It's like, what's that? That's about creating a relational context where we care for one another. And then it's thinking about one guy who's been coming to, to one of our groups and he's just rocks up from time to time and it's just awesome to see him starting to feel comfortable to start to have those conversations. And that's been a journey. But what's that? That's been that a number of people in our group have got around him, they've hung out with him, they've connected with him, and then strategically they've started to invite him to certain events that we're having, certain things that we're doing to the point where now I'm believing, and I think it's fairly close, that he'll come to a church service at some stage soon. It's like, how good is that? What's that? That's about shifting to a place of creativity. Not just going, oh, I'm going to go through the motions. Not just going, oh, I'm going to just continue to rock up and hope for the best. But we're going to start to speak into his life. We're going to start to speak into their world. We're going to start to get around them. We're going to cook them a meal when they have a baby. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Not that that just changing context for people in my connect group that know who I was talking about. They're not having a baby. Um, but, well, that I know of. Um, Maybe prophetic word, who knows. Um, but, but it's like, where, where do we draw that line? What do we do? How do we step over the edge? And so I want to encourage you this morning. We can do more. We've got so much at our fingertips creatively. We've got our phones, we've got our devices, we've got emails, we've got social media platforms that are just way over the top with information that just floods into people. What's missing? I think we need to creatively start to connect with people on a one-on-one basis again. And as we shift to creatively creating spaces where we can create relationships that are meaningful, relationships that, that actually meet the person on their level. It's like there's no point going in to a person's world and speaking Hebrew if they only speak Greek. We've got to tailor that. There's no point going in dressed in our suit if the person's a landscaper and they're going to be rocking up in their steel caps and stubbies and singlet. It's like, no, we've, we've got to tailor what we're doing so that we can connect with people. And so what, where, where do you lie with that? How does that fit into your world? What's a, an action step out of today? So I believe that every one of us can sit down and we can think, who's the person that I'm connecting with? And start to go through it and go, what am I doing? How am I actually doing this? Am I just flicking off a text message and then hoping for the best? Maybe praying a couple of prayers every few days or every few weeks or maybe even every couple of months as I think about the person or am I strategically connecting with them to build a relationship? Because as we step into the realm of building relationships, I'm believing that we'll see or we can see growth maybe not 20,000 in a few weeks, that might stretch a few um, 
resources that we've got, but why not? Why not? Why can't we suddenly go, hey, we're not meeting here this week, we're meeting at the Handorf Oval because we've got 20,000 people coming? Thought might be a little bit extreme, but why not? How does that happen? That happens through building relationships. That happens through us connecting with people personally, not just looking to, well, what creative thing can we do? The creative things that we do are going to be great draw card to get people to that place once they're there. It's like the hand of Chris Kindlemark. Let's invite someone to the hand of Chris Kindlemark. Let's invite someone to come and see the nativity at church on that Sunday. Let's invite someone to come into our Christmas celebration services. Let's invite people to come to our next men's or women's event or connect group when we're going out to have a meal together or whatever it is. But, but the way that we get people to that end point is by connecting with them and developing relationships which I believe is exactly what they did in these early days. It was just an extremely quick process of doing it. It was like every day. It was like we don't quite have the lifestyle where we can do things, meet together every day to break bread and chew over the word together. They could, but we can't quite do that. It's like, oh, might be able to take a month off and go, I'm just going to connect with someone every day. That might work, but... But let's do it. Come on. As I said before, it's like let's let's tailor this to your current circumstance, your business. It's like your business can do this exact thing. Instead of just being the biggest, the flashiest business, be one that's relational. Be one that gets people, customers coming back every every time. Because what? Well, your price might be a little bit more expensive. <laughs> it might be a little bit longer to get the work done, but they'll stick around because of the relational context. Yeah. I was like, maybe that doesn't work in every single business sense, but, but I reckon we can start to work on that and become known as a group of business owners in this church that are relationally driven, that are believing not just to make money, but believing to get the best out of their customers, their clients, because they believe in them. And so, Father, I pray this morning for every person here. God, I pray for every person listening online. Father, I thank you that, God, every one of us has got some form of creativity in us. Say that with a, as a fact because we're created in your image and you're a creative God. So, Father, I pray that as we think about this word, as we think about the context of the time and the place that we each live in, think about the, the context of our immediate family, our community, our street, the demographic, our workplace, our school, our university, whatever it is that we're currently doing with our life. Father, I pray that. Father, I pray that you'd encourage each one of us to step out, to be bold, to be creative in our thinking, to be strategic in our thinking. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. So as I shared just before, this, this guy come, been coming to our connect group. 
We know there's multiple people that are connected to our connect groups that I'm praying and believing for. And so as I've been preparing this word, and as I've been getting ready to preach this this morning, I've been believing that, that God's going to use me to reach out and connect with these people. That God's going to give me some fresh creative ideas on how to build those relationships, how to get to the next level. So I'd love you to think in your moment this morning with God. Who is it? I'm believing that God's going to show every single one of us a person, a family, a group of people that we can believe for, that we can start to invest in, that we can start to connect with. Not to start throwing the gospel down their throat, not to start preaching at them or inviting them to church day one, but but just to start building relationship. So Father, I pray for those of us that are super bold and ready to go. God, I pray for restraint. Father, we'd hold that back, that we'd tailor that, we'd, we'd work out when the moment is to speak, when the moment is to just be a friend. God, and for those of us that are that are on the quieter front, that are timid, that maybe even sitting here getting anxious at the thought of having to speak to someone, to have someone over for a meal, to, to go out with someone, whatever, whatever that is, God, I, I pray for boldness, for courage, for strength. But God, I thank you that you have created each and every one of us in your image. And so each and every one of us have what it takes to build relationships. Each and every one of us have what it takes to step out. So Father, bless each person. God, as they leave here today and apply this, as they leave today and invite someone over for lunch, dinner, organised to catch up at the pub or the playground. God, use each one of us here this morning to build your kingdom. Use each one of us here this morning to build a better community because it's filled with hope. It's filled with love in Jesus' mighty name. Just while you've got your eyes closed, your head bowed. I don't know every single person here. I don't know your circumstance, where you're at this morning. But you know, I've preached about the start of the church. Preached about building relationships. And Jesus Christ died on the cross. Yes, to pay the price for sin, but so that we could live in a relationship so that there was no separation between us and the Father. So very simply this morning, if you're currently living separated from God, I'm speaking to you. I'd love to pray a prayer with you. 
I'm not going to call you out the front. I don't want to embarrass you in any way. But so that I know, so that we can pray that prayer together, I'd love you to just slip your hand up where you're sitting now. Everyone's eyes are shut. No one's looking around. I'd love you to slip your hand up and say, John, that's me. I'm currently living separated from God, but I want to get back into or I want to get into a relationship with Him today. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour and bridge that gap. Is there anyone here this morning who says, that's me, I need to do that. I want to pray that prayer. Father, I thank you for every person here from the left to the right, from the front to the back. God, I pray your blessing over them as they go into the week, as they make a difference in their family, in their workplace, in their community. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people said, Amen.